This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. up everybody my name is James D. Fiore and this is Black Bolt. If you are like me and you are a Generation X person who grew up um, formative years in the late 80s early 90s you probably watched The Simpsons. Uh, I, I, am, I, I had a hard time trying to figure out how to do uh, a, a proper intro for a show like this because of the impact that it's had on not just television and the way that um, we produce animated series for adults now, and that's a whole thing I want to talk about with our guest today as well, but also the fact that the the writers that work on this show, I'm sure are aware, but I, but I, I would like to know as to how deeply they are aware of how um, the verbiage and the um, and the personalities and the the jokes. And the, the way, the turns of phrases, I don't know if that's the right way to say it, has sort of permeated and, and just sort of absorbed into, especially Generation X, in, into our entire generation. There are bands named after um, words, just singular words that are just completely made up on The Simpsons. And it, it is such a fascinating show that um, I wanted to get Oh, we froze again. There we go. Uh, hi, Michael. Hey, <laughs> we, froze, we, froze, we froze again. Yeah, I, this is what I mean. This is why uh, I, I think I got to get a new software. Mike, Mike Price, welcome to the show. How are you? Hey, Mike? hi, James. I'm so good. Thank you so much for having me back. No problem. Um, I'm not sure how much of that intro you heard because of our little glitch there, but um, there is something special about that show and, and that is the understatement of the century but when i was growing up we didn't we, it was a friend of mine that told me so this is like i was going to high school between 90 and 95 and I, somewhere in there 93 94 a friend of mine actually came up to me and uh, we were just i don't know where we were but we were talking and he said don't you find it weird that we all talk like simpsons characters now <laughs> <laughs> and, and it wasn't like the, the the eat my shorts lines it was like it was especially this meh and I know that came from the Simpsons. That 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 word means so much. But yeah. what is there? It, it, I'm wondering, first of all, if you guys are aware of the cultural impact about how it kind of shapes our sense of humor. But also, um, like, is there is there a, inside the writing room? Is there a recognition that listen, we are part of the cultural fabric now. We have to write like it, or is it just keep your head down and keep doing the same thing? 
That's a really good question. We'll answer the first part first, uh, <laughs> which is the good way to do things usually. No. Uh, that, yeah, we're all super aware because all of us, you know, to various degrees, you know, grew up with the show. You know, some of us, we have writers. We have a, um, a writer on our show now who's younger than the show, you know, who was uh, wow. just turning 29 years old. So she is younger than the show. You know, uh, so I grew up, didn't know a world that didn't have The Simpsons in it. You know, I'm a little bit older than you. So I remember when it first came on and, and the huge impact that it made. Uh, for the most part, most of us have been here. I've been on the show now for 21 seasons, which is mm. an unbelievable amount of time. But um, but even before that, you know, it was, of course, awareness, aware of how huge it is and it was in the culture and still is. And so uh, I think we absolutely are aware of that. Uh, and certainly in the internet age and even more in the social media age, it's amazing to see, you know, all the memes that are still being used, you know, yeah. from, from older shows, from some from newer shows, uh, and to see that the, the, that's still such a huge topic of discussion is amazing to us. But that, to answer the second part, I would say for the most part, we just do just, we can't, we really can't think of it that way. You know, we still have to put out a show. We still have to make episodes of the show so we're aware of like what the show is and what 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 we're, you know we're trying to live up to um you know this huge cultural event that the show is you know and for some people like you know who are more enamored of like the early seasons let's say you know like what it meant to them what's meant to various people various forms of their lives but at the same time we still have to sort of go through the, the everyday process of of writing it, writing new episodes and putting new episodes out. So we can't, I think we wouldn't get anything done if we just kept thinking about like, well, how, what is this going to mean in terms of like, right. what's, what's going to play to a giant world? What's going to become a meme or not? Like we don't, we have no idea what's going to happen. We just, we just sort of focus on like what's in front of us today. What's the scene we're writing now? What's the story we're writing now and how do we make it better? I really enjoy how it doesn't um, spare anybody, including it itself. You know, when the Simpsons movie came out, I don't remember exactly the line, but also I'll paraphrase, but it was something like, uh, it, it basically made fun of the fact that it was just like an episode only longer and in the theater. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, in fact, you, Homer, I believe, said it right to the audience. Like, yeah, anyone who pays for something that you get for free is an idiot, you know, basically, <laughs> you know, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think we've always been, the show has always been kind of self-deprecating too, which is, which is good. I mean, you know, the minute you start believing your own uh, whatever, then you're, then you're in trouble. Um, do you have a lot of lawyer friends? Because I, I, I looked at all the episodes that you've written and there is um, throughout more than a few of them are good lawyer jokes. There's one where um, I think it's the, I don't remember if it's the pizza bot one, but there's one <clears> where, where Homer flies through um, the, the police station with his car and lands on a lawyer. And he's like, tell my family I was a drain on humanity. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I mean, I know a few, I know a couple of lawyers, but uh, you know, I don't have any axe to grind against them, but uh, well, we all do, don't but we? uh, yeah, you know, I mean, they, they serve their purpose and uh, I know a couple of good ones, but uh, you know, yeah. Yeah. The lawyer jokes, are, the, the census lawyer jokes are great. I still use, uh, oh, that's another thing. I, I have um, caught people. And this is what I mean by the by by the, the the whole Simpsons culture falls into our lexicon, and sometimes we don't even know it. But I have caught people. I felt like um, um, Goodwill Hunting at the Harvard Bar when he walks up to the guy who's trying to show off, but it turns out he just memorized the textbook or whatever. 
and and people are like like literally recanting entire Simpsons scenes, but pretending that it's them saying it. And I've like oh. called them out. I'm like, that's season fifteen, episode twelve. I know what you're doing, you know. And um, you know, it, it's it's yeah, it's it's just one of those shows. The um, I I did uh, I watched a bunch of um of the that you wrote, and I was really happy to see that you wrote the one where we found out that this man, Gil Gunderson, um, was actually a cocaine dealer. Which is the greatest backstory, <laughs> origin story I have ever heard in my entire life. The booger sugar, right? That's right. Yes. Um, what was that? Who, who, I mean, you wrote that show. When you yes. came up with that, was, it, was there anybody like, I don't know. What, would Gil really find it so hard to find a job and be so timid if he was a cocaine trafficker? But well, I, loved I, mean, it. He, I thought it was the greatest. Well, it made sense that, uh, you know, it didn't work out for him. And uh, he... He got arrested and probably spent some time in, in the joint, you know, and he got out. And that's why he's having a hard time now. Uh, I can't remember exactly how that came about. Like we decided that happened. But uh, that was a really fun episode that I really had a great time writing. That was the one that you mentioned earlier about the pizza bot Homer working mm. at the uh, Chuck E. Cheese type place. Um, I think we needed a reason for it to be shut down. That's what sometimes like what we'll do is like as we're working out these stories, we knew that we needed to. This that episode was really interesting. It came from a place where uh, our executive producer Matt Selman and I were talking about various things about fast food restaurants and things like that. And we came across the story that was on a podcast about a guy who grew up, you know, in the '80s and '90s, and um, was enamored of Chuck E. Cheese type places. And there was another place called Razzmatazz, and there was a place called Showbiz Pizza that had those kind of robot bands. Yeah. And and he loved them so much that he and he found them like found old versions of them out and restored them. And it just said, oh, this was such a fun story for us. We said, let's let's find a way to make that Homer uh, and a whole thing about nostalgia and about like owning ownership of like your childhood memories. And it just became a whole big thing. And so then we decided, OK, well, let's say that back when Homer was a teen, he worked at one of these places and he got to know these he got to know these animals, these pizza robots very intimately, but something happened that took them away from him. So then that came to like, what, what could that be? And so I can't remember who pitched it, but the idea that uh, Gil was running the places using using the robots as a means of smuggling cocaine, <laughs> and then they were raided by the FBI just made, made was funny and made sense. And then uh, it just, we just went with it. And, I had a uh, friend of fun. mine call me after the episode air, cause I didn't see it at first. And he's like, are you sitting down? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. He's like, you know, Gil from The Simpsons? I'm like, rotary cell phone guy? Of course I do. He's like, it's like, yeah, he's a, he was a cocaine trafficker. And I'm like, what? He's like, and he sends me the episode. And I watched it. And I was like, oh, my God, I love this show so much. There was a time when I guess after season 13 or 14 or something where people in my generation, they, there was this trendy thing to say where like, oh, Simpsons have lost the plot. They're not funny anymore. I, I, and, and I never thought that. But there was a big gap for me. Um, until I had kids where I didn't watch the show anymore. It wasn't anything particular, it was just life, right? And then yeah. I have, my kids are eight and six now. They've seen almost every episode. I don't know if what I'm doing for them is good or bad, but I think it's good. I think they'll be funny as fuck if they're not. I bet they will. You know, but um, the, the, the idea, and Saturday Night Live goes through this same thing too. I guess anytime you're a show that's been on for so long, there's going to be times and periods where people are going to say, it's not as funny as it used to be and this and that. Mm -hmm. I think that... Um, and I could be totally wrong, but w I watched it when it first came out for the first 12 years or so. And then I had some gap and then I started watching it again. 
it felt like the writing after season 13, 14 was just kind of more aimed for adults than teenagers. Is that fair? Uh, I mean, that's that's going to be that's when I, I joined the show and when season 13 was was airing and we were starting to write season 14. Um, so it's hard to say because we're I've like I said earlier, just been in the middle of it and just working on the show. So I, I can't say there was any kind of like decision from on high saying we're going to change the way we write it now. You know, we just wrote the show the way we write it. And, you know, we're guided by our executive producers. And um, so I don't know. I mean, it's always an interesting thing. Like like everyone has a relationship to uh, a thing based on you know, especially a thing that's been around for a long, long time, like Saturday Night Live, like you just mentioned, like I was a huge fan of Saturday Night Live. You know, I'm, I'm a little bit older than you. So I remember when it first came out and it was like, oh, my God, who? Oh, my God. Chevy Chase, Dan Aykroyd, John Belushi. This is like the greatest thing ever, you know, and it was like a, revela a revelation and I never missed it. And they put out a, a companion book that I still have that had like pictures and scripts and it, it made me want to be a writer. And, you know, it's like, wow, oh my God, you know, and then, and then like five years into it, they had that crazy time with Joe Piscopo and Gilbert Gottfried and, you know, and that wasn't so hot. And, and then, you know, but you have your memories, your memories of how you felt when you first saw it are very, very strong. And that's like a nostalgia for it. Um, so I can understand why, you know, something like people who really are huge. I'm a huge admirer of the early seasons of The Simpsons, too. I think that mm -hmm. they're fantastic and great. But I think that partly sometimes it's hard to it's hard to sort of divorce yourself uh, subjectively or objectively from how you felt when a, when a, when you first experienced something. And of course, years later, it's not going to be the same. You're going to you're a different person. Mm -hmm. It's a different thing. Um, my son so, thinks you know, that when Marge wants to snuggle, she just means snuggle. Of course. Yeah. You know? <laughs> That's I'm network glad, TV. I'm kind of glad that you guys still do that. You know, like, because I, I do, yeah. well, I, I let my kids watch it. I don't let them watch Itchy and Scratchy. That's the only thing I don't let them watch, or the yeah. um, or the Halloween ones. I don't let them watch that either. Yeah, that's 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 a yeah. pretty good choice. That's a pretty good. <laughs> but, but my daughter, she's six, and she's like, she likes the older ones. So she'll ask me. She's, I'm like, because I call it the Secret Simpsons time. I'm like Secret Simpsons, and then they all come rush into the bedroom, <laughs> and we watch Simpsons on my computer together. Yeah, and um, and she's like. Daddy, can we watch Cartoon Simpsons and not Animated Simpsons? Because she refers to classic Simpsons as Cartoon Simpsons because of the difference <laughs> in the modern animation versus the right. Certainly, yeah. There's that's the one thing that that is absolutely markedly different is the way the show looks. You know, mm -hmm. for the past um, past fifteen years or so, I think is yeah. when we went into the HD era. You know, and um, personally, uh, you know, I, I'm a big fan of those early seasons, the look of the early seasons, and um, I would it would be fun to sort of find a way to sort of find a happy medium because because the way the way the show is produced right now is much more efficiently you know it's it's done digitally largely i mean it's still drawn but there's no cells anymore like there used to be right so uh that makes it amazingly easier to produce the show but the look is a little bit doesn't have that same look you know so uh i'm a big yeah. fan of that of that original look and i wish there was a way to maybe there's a way sometime to sort of find a middle a middle area for it just need a filter instagram could probably hook up. <laughs> that's true <laughs> um the the one thing also that i think was consistent with um i'll use my daughter's uh, vernacular the cartoon versus animated is um and 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 i'm not a student of animation but i am pretty studious because i watched my the babysitter was my tv so um there's certain things that i notice about production 
And with The Simpsons, as an animated show, the thing that set it apart for me was the eyes of the character. Mm-hmm. The eyes were the things that made, like, like the way they darted and, and the way that they blinked and all that, it separated mm-hmm. it from the other animated shows. And, and I just, I just kind of wanted to get your thoughts on that. If I'm off, because <clears throat> I'm not, you know, or if I'm onto something, because that is what I've noticed. That's interesting. Oh, sorry. Were you no, no, finish? go ahead. Please, please. Well, I, that's what it makes, I mean, Matt Groening is, you know, is a genius in many ways that, that, you know, he, he drew these characters that, that are in many ways, incredibly simple, you know, simple shapes, circles and dots and points, you know, but, but so expressive and between him, his original work and like the work of uh, the original, the original animators like uh, David Silverman, who's still director on the show, uh, you know, uh, that finding that way of, of turning those characters and make them expressive, but also have that kind of simplicity is, is incredible, you know? And I know that Matt has talked about, which is something that is really true, which is that he on purpose, when he designed the characters, designed them in such a way that they're silhouettes. Like you could, you know, when you, when you just see the silhouette of Marge, you know who that is. You know, when you see the silhouette of Lisa or Bart, you know who that is. So it's incredibly, it's like, incredibly complicatedly simple i guess i'd say you know that it's it's simple but with a lot of a lot of thought behind it yeah the and, subtlety um, the subtlety yeah. is, is, it's always that's always the way that great ideas are they're, they're subtle but genius right like it's just, yeah you know they the marriage of those two things um also my my uh my interest in um in this person julie cavern um she my daughter again it's, it's like i get all my ideas from my daughter but Sorry, I have to cough, so I'm going to mute for a second. Sorry about that. Um, my daughter's like, Marge's voice is different. And I sort of noticed, but I was like, oh, did they get a new actor? And then I looked it up. So she had a lump on her throat, and that's why her voice uh, changed? I wasn't aware of that. No, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I know Julie enough to work with her, and she's a wonderful person, a wonderful actor. Uh, you know, I mean, it's no secret that the show's been around for 35 years, so people, you know, people go through yeah. their life, you know. So I, um, I think she's wonderful. I don't, I wasn't, I didn't hear anything about a lump on her throat, but I mean, she's always had. That's her voice. That's that's the voice that she has, and you know, that's what happens as we go through life. But yeah. uh, no, I think she's, she's still really, incredible. Does yeah. an amazing job, and is is a very very sweet woman, and uh, I really enjoy working with her. I think what I was going to say, though, is that I, I'm glad that it wasn't a different voice because it's clearly a different type of Marge. Um, I don't know when it started, maybe season 29 or something like that or 28. And um, what I was happy with is that they they kept the same actor and they just said, deal with it, audience. You know, the voice is a little bit different. It's very noticeable. And and the fact that they were just like, you know, we, we want this person on our team. You know, it reminded me of, as I was preparing that vibe that you have at f is for family i don't know if it's quite the same in the simpsons because there's so many writers but it feels like there's a loyalty thing with the producers like, oh know. my god well i mean marge i mean julie kavner was has been marge since day one mm-hmm. and you know she'll be marge as long as she wants to be Marge. i mean that's who she is and she she's not just a voice she's an amazing actress you know who has had an incredible career even before the simpsons you know working on uh, tv and film and mm-hmm. tv show rhoda and you know incredible movie performances uh, you know and she's just a really gifted wonderful person who brings 
you know, the soul of the character, you know, it comes through her, you know, so, uh, and all, I would say that about all the actors on the show, you know, you know, it, no one expected a show like this to be around for 34, 35 seasons, you know, so as we move on further into the future, you know, uh, we'll see how, how everybody does. But like right now, we're so happy with, with this amazing cast. Julie's incredible. Dan Castaneda, who's Homer and about a thousand other characters. Hank Azaria, Harry Shearer, Yardley, Nancy Cartwright. They're just incredible performers and incredible people. And I, I still, I can't, I was just directing uh, Yardley and Nancy uh, earlier today for a new episode. And um, I still get, I still kind of have to pinch myself that like, you know, we're, we'll just be talking and then like, okay, here we go. And then Yardley goes in and does Lisa Simpson. And it's like, holy crap, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to Lisa Simpson right now, <laughs> you know, and they're just, in, they're just incredible people and super talented. And uh, I love working with them. It's quite a dream job, eh? Like you have like a dream job. I do. I do. Uh, this has been, yeah. I mean, like I said, like I was, when, when the Simpsons first came on, I was just at the beginning of thinking about trying to do something like this. You know, I was involved in, in I just started doing like performing sketch and improv comedy in New York. And uh, I was in a, you know, just at the beginning of taking these classes and being in a comedy group with some friends and, and we were just kind of became like comedy nerds and, you know, like loving it all. And I was sort of getting intoxicated by that feeling of like, I'm with people who, uh, who get me, you know, we're funny. And that was just when the Simpsons started coming on and we all started like every Sunday night, we wouldn't miss it. We watched it, you know, it was like, this is something that has never been seen before. It was so different and fresh and, and uh, you know, and then that was 1990, you know, so then 11 years almost 12 years later, I, you know, I, but, but in all that time, I moved from New York to California, struggled, um, did a bunch of crazy things to try to get, get work and started getting some work. And then to find myself 11 or 12 years later on this writing staff of the Simpsons was, was a dream come true. And it still feels that way. So I'm still feel so fortunate and, and graceful, grateful to be part of this. You can tell that they, they they weren't sure if it was going to last very long because they did merchandise the fuck out of it over the first <laughs> three seasons. <laughs> well, I mean, yes, that's true. But I think it was because it became, it was such a phenomenon. It was an incredible phenomenon. You know, I mean, it was the first hit show really. Well, I guess Fox had uh, Married with Children. But uh, aside from Married with Children, it was the first hit show that Fox had. But it just tapped into the zeitgeist, you know, of like, I remember that time. I remember like being uh, living in New York then and within like a couple of months, let's say, or even less than that of it coming out, walking down the street in New York and every other guy on the street was selling, you know, Bart Simpson t-shirts and, and the real kind and the bootleg kind where it was like a black version of Bart, you know, or whatever. And it was like, it was incredible. It was so God bless them. I didn't see the black version of Bart. That would be interesting. Um, Yeah. There were quite a few of those. (laughs) I also had, uh, I got my ear pierced because I saw a Bart Simpson earring. Oh, <laughs> wow. Not controlled by TV at all. Um, but, um, oh, you just reminded me though, with the whole black part thing, what, what do you, what did you think of the whole Apu thing? There's no wrong answer. Uh, I, really think, I really don't feel like getting into that right now, if that's okay. Oh. Uh, okay. Cause it's a thing that's still happening. I don't have a position. Now, so. I was just wondering. That's all. 
it's just no i'd, I'd rather not because it's 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 stuff that's there's stuff happening with that that's above uh, my level okay. and you know okay fair enough in fact if you can edit that part out <laughs> i would appreciate it that's fair enough that's fair enough okay. i just think that there's some guy in india right now doing a really good canadian impersonation that's all I think. <laughs> that's, going, that's all i'm going to say about that um are you is it is it intimidating not intimidating that's the wrong word when you look at all the people that have written simpsons episodes there are some really famous people there um is that something that it used to be you make your bones and uh, you want to be a comedy writer and then the Simpsons are kind of like part of that journey. But now it kind of feels like if you're like, like, like the Ricky Gervais got an opportunity to write part of a Simpsons episode. So that's like the reverse engineer of that. Is there like a way that they make those decisions that you're aware of about how you've staffed the writer for each season? Uh, well, we have a staff. We, we, I mean, I'm not, an, I'm not at the highest level of hiring staff, but you know, we, we have our regular staff, uh, which has been assembled over, over time by our showrunners, by uh, Al Jean and Matt Selman and uh, Jim Brooks, our, our ultimate super boss, uh, and Matt Groening. That we all, everyone, you know, as long as you're doing a good job and you, you, get, you get to start writing a script, everyone gets to write at least one script a season. Um, and then, you know, the thing with Ricky Gervais was like uh, the office before the American office starring Steve Carell, there was the original British office starring Ricky Gervais. So we were huge fans of it, just gigantic fans of it. And um, I think what happened was he came to visit. He was in L.A. and we invited him to come by and say hello. And he did. And he was a huge fan of The Simpsons. And so I believe Al. Gene asked him, hey, would you ever want to, would you want to be in an episode? He said he would love to be in an episode. And then we really admired his work and his writing on The Office, of course, with Stephen Merchant. So we said, well, would you like to write the episode that you're going to be in? And he said, yes. So um, that's happened a couple of times. We did, we did one with him like that. We did one with Seth Rogen that, uh, that was really, really funny that he, he and his uh, uh, writing partner, Evan, wrote together. Um, there was a... A weird, uh, interesting idea that happened, which was that uh, Judd Apatow, you know, big time movie director, uh, way back when he was starting his career, he wrote like a sample, like a spec script of a Simpsons that he talked about. We read about him saying what it was and and Al Jean or someone said, hey, that's a good idea. Let's let's actually make that now. So we ended up making that episode uh, that that's kind of been a, been a fun thing to have kind of guest writers come in on the show. But for the most part, it's 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 us. It's us on the staff working on everything together. And even when even when the, like a Ricky Gervais or a Seth Rogen or a Judd Apatow writes a script, they tend to write like the first draft of it. And then when it comes into the writer's room and that's that's what happens with everyone who writes it, writes a script, you, you, you turn in your first draft and then that becomes more or less kind of like the framework on which the episode is then built, because it's very rare that what you wrote in your, write in your first draft gets all the way through to uh, America's TV sets. It just becomes kind of like the beginning of a thing, like like the blueprint of it almost. And that becomes the thing that we work off of as we work on it and punching it up and rewriting it. And we spend a lot of time, many, many drafts of, of reworking it. So even like the ones that were written by Ricky Gervais or Seth Rogen, you know, they they handed their, their draft in, but then we, we kind of all worked on together, the staff, you know, turning it into a Simpsons show. When you write on the Simpsons episode that you've written on, are you responsible for the musical numbers as well? Uh, well, I'm a huge, I came from theater. 
I was a theater major and I love musical theater. So I really enjoy like working on the songs. So usually if there's a song in a show uh, that I wrote, uh, then I'll have maybe take the first whack at the, um, at the lyrics, you know, and then we work with our, our musical people to come up with the music part of it. Um, but if it's someone else's show, I like to contribute as well. But yeah, I, I tend to, if there's songs, I at least make the first, the first crack at writing the lyrics. It's my chance to be kind of, yeah, I, my frustrated version of being a, a music, a Broadway musical lyricist. But again, I I think um, do you think what what helps these like the fact that I let my kids watch it with me? Do you, do you owe that to the fact that it's on cable? And what do you think would happen if it was only digital? Do you think like would you guys change in order to be more free with profanity and all that, or do you think you would I, maintain? The way I don't think that will ever change, no matter where it goes. I think there's a certain amount of there's a certain well, we've done 750 plus episodes by now. There's, 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 this is what The Simpsons is. You know, um, the movie was this only, it's the only thing that's a, a case. Well, besides the movie, there were these like videos they made in the early years. The one with Bart doing the Bartman and whatever the, there's a, a the Maison Derriere is my favorite one. Right. That's a good one. But they had these special like videos, like a Bart doing the Bartman was a separate video. There was a video called Big, Big Trouble. That was kind of a music video starring Bart. Mm -hmm. And then the movie, the movie, the movie changed things because it was a feature length thing. And there was some, some stuff in there that you would never see on TV, like naked Bart skateboarding and, and Marge saying, God damn it. And things like that. Yeah. Um, but I think that. I think it would be too weird to like, let's say if we weren't on network TV anymore and now we were on uh, streaming or Netflix or cable or whatever else and we could do whatever we wanted. Like the Simpsons will never be like Ephesus for family. <laughs> you know, it'll never be Brickleberry or whatever. It'll just, it'll always be the Simpsons, you know? So I think that, I don't think much would, much would change at all um, if we were, if the show was on some other platform. Well, I, I think that makes me happy. Um, that, that's us. That's it for us. Listen, I, I want to thank you so much for coming because um, you're you're one of those dudes that like I, I could make this show two hours, but I'm sure neither of us have the time right now. But but you know, I I was gonna when I originally started planning for this, I was I was just gonna watch all your episodes and just talk them one by one. But I thought that might be a little bit redundant. But um, no, I'm really I'm really happy that you came. Stick around when the outro goes, and uh, let me talk to you for a couple minutes afterwards sure. so I can iron something out about that edit you got it of course <laughs> all right thanks mike i appreciate it mike <clears throat> mike price everybody from the simpsons thank you so much buddy leadership show called The Boiling Point with my co-host Dave Vale. Together, we sit down with trailblazing entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers who are driving meaningful change in our world. The show is all about exploring the lives and perspectives of leaders who are making a difference. Join us for insightful conversations that challenge the status quo, spark new ideas, and inspire you to take action. Find us on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or at BoilingPointPodcast.com. 
I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.